Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Midgard Musings. Thanks for listening. My name is Jesse, and um, thank you for listening to my podcast. I do these uh, as, on a semi-regular basis, when and as I can. Don't really have a structured, uh, you know, schedule or anything. But uh, you can find me regularly over on Facebook at uh, facebook.com/slash Midgard Musings TN. I do go live on the Facebook page every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, and then also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Midgard Musings. I upload weekly videos, usually on Sunday nights. It, it quite often is the same, uh, well, it is actually the same um, content that is done live. It's just, uh, you know, some post-editing and um, things of that nature that make it a bit more streamlined and, um, you know, supports the YouTube platform that way. So check out what I do on those platforms. Um, but today is going to be just kind of a reading to you guys um, of, a, of a story in Norse mythology. And uh, I'm reading from this really cool book that I got. Um, I picked it up at a Barnes and Noble last year for like 10 bucks. And it was a pretty good, pretty good price, I think, because the book is, is, uh, contains a lot uh, of the old Norse myths and tales, things from uh, kind of a collection of uh, things from both the poetic and prose Edda. And it's kind of listed out in a very prose fashion. Um, they, they, they take all different tales and myths um, documented or written down by different authors over the, over the years and uh, put it together in this really neat prose fashion. Um, it is published by uh, Flame Tree Publishing, and um, the collected collection, I should say, of authors. It's not just like all written by one by one person. You've got contributions um, from um, authors like H.A. Guber, um, Abby Farwell Brown, uh, just a bunch of different folks, and uh, amongst others. So <clears throat> this. Uh, this book is, as I think, if you're if you're getting into uh, heathenry, I mean, this is this is good even if you're not into practicing Norse paganism. Um, but if you're just really into the lore, um, the myths and stuff like that, uh, this is a pretty good book. I recommend it. There are some parts that uh, seem questionable to me in terms of how they uh, or how the authors portray um, certain things. Um, but for the most part, it, it, it's, it's a fun read. So what I'm going to be reading today is a story of how Odin lost his eye at Mimir's well. And uh, Mimir is, uh, is, a, is a figure in, in the lore that uh, Odin goes to and in order to seek uh, wisdom. Uh, or in order to get Mimir's wisdom, because Mimir is, is the wisest uh, of all the beings that uh, existed at this time in the early, early days of existence. And Odin wants a piece of that pie, and he wants to have the same amount of far-seeing wisdom or you know knowledge that that Mimir has. And in order to do so, a price is demanded for which Odin pays. Uh, so I'm going to be reading to you again from this book. The name of the book is Epic Tales, Norse Myths and Tales from Flame Tree Publishing. 
Um, if you Google this book, it comes in a really handsome uh, hardcover with like this uh, reflective blue um, shimmery kind of surface. It's really, really nice. Check it out. Um, but anyways, guys, this is Mimir's Well or How Odin Lost His Eye. In the beginning of things, before there was any world or sun, moon, and stars, there were the giants, for these were the oldest creatures that ever breathed. They lived in Jotunheim, the land of frost and darkness, and their hearts were evil. Next came the gods, the good Aesir, who made earth and sky and sea, and who dwelt in Asgard above the heavens. Then were created the queer little dwarfs who lived underground in the caverns of the mountains, working at their mines of metal and precious stones. Last of all, the gods made men to dwell in Midgard, the good world that we know, between which and the glorious home of the Aesir stretched Bifrost, the bridge of rainbows. In those days, folks say, there was a mighty ash tree named Yggdrasil, so vast that its branches shaded the whole earth and stretched up into heaven where the Aesir dwelt, while its roots sank far down below the low depths. In the branches of the big ash tree lived a queer family of creatures. First, there was a great eagle who was wiser than any bird that ever lived, except the two ravens, thought and memory, who sat upon Father Odin's so shoulders and taught him the secrets which they learned in their flight over the wide world. Near the great tree, near the great eagle, perched a hawk, and four antlered deer browsed among the buds of Yggdrasil. At the foot of the tree coiled a huge serpent, who was always gnawing hungrily at its roots, with a whole colony of little snakes to keep him company, so many that they could never be counted. The eagle at the top of the tree and the serpent at its foot were enemies, always saying hard things of each other. Between the two skipped up and down a little squirrel, a tale-bearer and a gossip, who repeated each unkind remark, and, like the malicious neighbor that he was, kept their quarrel ever fresh and green. In one place at the roots of Yggdrasil was a fair fountain called the Urderwell, where the three Norn maidens, who knew the past, present, and future, dwelt with their pets, the two white swans. This was magic water in the fountain, which the Norns sprinkled every day upon the giant tree to keep it green, water so sacred that everything which entered it became white as the film of an eggshell. Close behind the sacred well, the Aesir had their council hall, to which they galloped every morning over the rainbow bridge. But Father Odin, the king of all the Aesir, knew of another fountain more wonderful still. The two ravens whom he sent forth to bring him news had told him. This also was below the roots of Yggdrasil, in the spot where the sky and ocean met. Here for centuries and centuries, the giant Mimir had sat keeping guard over his hidden well, in the bottom of which lay such a treasure of wisdom as was to be found nowhere else in the world. Every morning, Mimir dipped his glittering horn, Gyol, into the fountain and drew out a drought, or draft, of the wondrous water, 
which he drank to make him wise. Every day he grew wiser and wiser. And as this had been going on ever since the beginning of things, you can scarcely imagine how wise Mimir was. Now it did not seem right to Father Odin that a giant should have all this wisdom to himself, for the giants were the enemies of the Aesir, and the wisdom which they had been hoarding for ages before the gods were made was generally used for evil purposes. Moreover, Odin longed and longed to become the wisest being in the world, so he resolved to win a draft from Mimir's well, if in any way that could be done. One night when the sun had set, Behind the mountains of Midgard, Odin put on his broad-brimmed hat and his striped cloak, and taking his famous staff in his hand, trudged down the long bridge to where it ended by Mimir's secret grotto. Good day, Mimir, said Odin, entering. I have come for a drink from your well. The giant was sitting. The giant was sitting with his knees drawn up to his chin, his long white beard failing, falling over his folded arms, and his head nodding for Mimir was very old, and he often fell asleep while watching over his precious spring. He woke with a frown at Odin's words. You want a drink from my well, do you? He growled. Hey, I let no one drink from my well. Nevertheless, you must let me have a draft from your glittering horn, insisted Odin, and I will pay for it. Oho, you will pay me for it, will you? echoed Mimir, eyeing his visitor keenly. For now that he was wide awake, his wisdom taught him that this was no ordinary stranger. What will you pay for a drink from my well, and why do you wish it so much? I can see with my eyes... All that goes on in heaven and upon earth, said Odin. But I cannot see into the depths of ocean. I lack the hidden wisdom of the deep, the wit that lies at the bottom of your fountain. My ravens tell me many secrets, but I would know all. And as for payment, ask what you will, and I will pledge anything in return for the draft of wisdom. Then Mimir uh, then Mimir's keen glance grew keener. You are Odin of the race of gods, he cried. We giants are centuries older than you, and our wisdom, which we have treasured during these ages, when we were the only creatures in all space, is a precious thing. If I grant you a draft from my well, you will become, as one of us, a wise and dangerous enemy. It is a goodly price, Odin, which I shall de demand for a boon so great. Now Odin was growing impatient for the sparkling water. Ask your price, he frowned. I have promised that I will pay. What say you then to leaving one of those far-seeing eyes of yours at the bottom of my well? Asked Mimir, hoping that he would refuse the bargain. This is the only payment I will take. Odin hesitated. It was indeed a heavy price, and one that he could ill afford, for he was proud of his noble beauty. But he glanced at the magic fountain bubbling mysteriously in the shadow, and he knew that he must have the draft. Give me the glittering horn, he answered. I pledge you my eye for a draft to the brim.
Very unwillingly, Mimir filled the horn from the fountain of wisdom and handed it to Odin. Drink, then, he said. Drink and grow wise. This hour is the beginning of trouble between your race and mine. And wise Mimir foretold the truth. Odin thought merely of the wisdom which was to be his. He seized the horn eagerly and emptied it without delay. From that moment, he became wiser than anyone else in the world except Mimir himself. Now he had the price to pay, which was not so pleasant. When he went away from the grotto, he left at the bottom of the dark pool one of his fiery eyes, which twinkled and winked up through the depths through the magic depths like the reflection of a star. This is how Odin lost his eye, and why from that day he was careful to pull his gray hat low over his face when he wanted to pass unnoticed. For by this oddity, folk could always easily recognize the wise lord of Asgard. In the bright morning, when the sun rose over the mountains of Midgard, Old Mimir drank from his bubbly well a draft of the wise water that flowed over Odin's pledge. Doing so from his underground grotto, he saw all that befell in heaven and on earth, so that he also was wiser by the bargain. Mimir seemed to have secured rather the best of it, for he lost nothing that he could not spare, while Odin lost what no man can well part with, one of the good windows where through his heart looks out upon the world. But there was a sequel to these doings, which made the balance swing down in Odin's favor. Not long after this, the Aesir quarreled with the Vanir, wild enemies of theirs, and there was a terrible battle. But in the end, the two sides made peace, and to prove that they meant never to quarrel again, they exchanged hostages. The Vanir gave to the Asir old Njord the rich, the lord of the sea and the ocean wind, with his two children, Frey and Freya. This was indeed a gracious gift, for Freya was the most beautiful maid in the world, and her twin brother was almost as fair. To the Vanir in return, Father Odin gave his own brother, Hunir, and with Hunir he sent Mimir the wise, whom he took from his lonely well. Now the Vanir made Honir their chief, thinking that he must be very wise because he was the brother of great Odin, who had lately become famous for his wisdom. They did not know the secret of Mimir's well, how the hoary old giant was far more wise than anyone who had not qualified of the magic waters. It is true that in the assemblies of the Vanir, Honir gave excellent counsel. But this was because Mimir whispered in Honir's ear all the wisdom that he uttered. Witless, Honir was quite helpless without his aid and did not know what to do or say. Whenever Mimir was absent, he would look nervous and frightened. And if folk questioned him, he always answered, Yes, ah, yes, now go and consult someone else. Of course, the Vanir grew very angry at such silly answers from their chief and presently they began to suspect the truth. Odin has deceived us, they said. He has sent us his foolish brother with a witch to tell him what to say. Ha! We will show him what we understand 
that we understand his trick. So they cut off poor old Mimir's head and sent it to Odin as a present. The tales do not say what Odin thought of the gift. Perhaps he was glad that now there was no one in the whole world who could be called so wise as himself. Perhaps he was sorry for the danger into which he had been thrust. The poor old giant who had never done anything, who had never done him any wrong, except to be a giant of the race which the Aesir hated. Perhaps he was a little ashamed of the trick which he had played the Vanir. Odin's new wisdom showed him now to prepare, showed him how to prepare Mimir's head with herbs and charms so that it stood up by itself quite naturally and seemed not dead. Thenceforth, Odin kept it near him and learned from it many useful secrets which it had not forgotten. So in the end, Odin fared better than the unhappy Mimir, whose worst fault was that he knew more than most folk. That is a dangerous fault, as others have found, though it is not one for which many of us need fear being punished. All right, everyone. So there you go. There's the reading of uh, Mimir's Well and how Odin lost his eye and the lesson learned. You know, even uh, uh, Odin uh, in the Hovamol warns against being too wise um, because. Uh, those who are too wise or overly wise are unhappy, and it deems uh, very accurate and very true uh, from this tale even that Odin may have even recognized that uh, to be too wise comes come, to be too wise there comes a price, and one that you will never forget having paid. So I hope you guys enjoyed that, and um, be sure the. If you can support this podcast in any way, either through a monetary donation or through sharing these podcasts on the platforms that you listen to, also be sure to subscribe to Midgard Musings on YouTube and follow me on Facebook, Midgard Musings on Facebook as well. Um, so thank you all so much for listening today. Appreciate your support. And until next time, may your ancestors smile on you and may the gods continue to walk with you.